Hey, welcome to Woman Birders Happy Hour. I'm your host and mixologist, Hannah Bushert. I'm a birder, a woman, and someone who enjoys a good drink. Join me as I talk to women from around the world, from all walks of life, that enjoy birds too, about their experiences, what it's like to be a woman birder, and advice they have for others. I'll also have a different cocktail to share with you that pairs nicely with this chat. I don't know about you, but I'm just in awe of artists and the things that they can do. I think it's simply amazing that a person can see a bird and then just using their hands and paintbrushes and some paints can commit what they saw to a sheet of paper. And then with all of that, they're able to capture a bird's personalities, their minor features, habitat, and so much more. When I first started birding, um, I gave painting a try. Uh, I used acrylics because that was just a medium that I felt comfortable with. I'd flip through my Sibley guide here in Oregon and look at all of the amazing birds that occur across the country, like painted buntings and cardinals and chachalacas, and just dream of the day that I'd be able to see those. And so to help my help me learn as I'd flip through the book, I started to try to paint them. And it was at my a point in my life that I call my gap year. I was fresh out of college, unable to find a job. So not typically when other people have their gap years, but, um, I was living at home and like I said, I just picked up some acrylic paints, the Sibley guide. Um, I had a bulk package of canvases, you know, from Michael's it's like 10 for $20 and I gave it a try. Many of those paintings that I created adorn our house, but they just, they don't really have the life that Kate's watercolors do. Kate Dollimore is my featured guest for this week, and she is an artist, a hiker, bird watcher, and just an all-around nerd. She was a self-taught artist who grew up in the woods of Central Florida, which is definitely an easy place to get excited about nature. And you just really have to check out her artwork. She has the most gorgeous prints and other products that you can find on her website and Etsy and all those places for purchase. You know, if you're looking for like a Christmas present or a birthday present for family, friends, yourself, or even your favorite podcast host. Kate spent her childhood exploring the woods and learning from nature. She uses watercolors and tiny paintbrushes for fine details and spending time with wildlife allows her to put her own spin on these creatures to help bring them to life. Kate mentions an experience she had seeing a Chuck Will's widow and their babies. And Chuck Will's widow is in the nightjar family and can be found in swamps, rocky uplands, and pine woods of the southeastern U.S. and down through the West Indies, Central America, and northwestern South America. Most people typically see these at dusk or maybe by spotlighting them in roads at night. During the day, their cryptic coloration just makes them about impossible to see as they, they snooze on the forest floor. They're the largest nightjar in North America, and they're named for their call, which you might hear as a repetitive song at night. And they're mainly insectivores, uh, but they have been known to eat small birds and bats. Kate was definitely lucky to see a nest with babies, as their reddish-brown feathers lined with black can make them almost invisible in leaf litter. So since you will typically see or hear a Chuckwill's widow at night, I decided to make this drink uh, digestive. And if you're unfamiliar what a digestive is, uh, they're drinks that help aid digestion. So that's something that you might drink after dinner and then go sit on the porch and look and listen for a Chuckwill's widow.
So the ingredients for this are going to be a cup of coffee, um, your preferred amount of half and half, one ounce fernet, half an ounce of simple syrup, and a squirt of lemon juice. And this can be made as a cocktail by leaving out the fernet, but I'm not really quite sure what an adequate substitute would be since it has such a peculiar taste. So it's pretty easy to make. Brew a cup of coffee, pour in the half and half to the level that you like, um, add the fernet, simple syrup, and a squirt of lemon juice, stir and enjoy. So fernet is an Italian liquor that I'd never heard of. Um, but when I was looking this up and I knew I wanted to make a digestive, this was a option that sounded really intriguing. So I picked that and it actually reminds me a lot of Banaka, which is a breath freshening spray. Um, I, for some reason in middle school, we really liked it. And so we had a lot of it and yeah, my breath was never fresher. It has a slightly creme de menthe flavor, um, uh, that makes my mouth a little bit tingly. So it's just an intriguing drink, especially with the coffee. And if you're someone that has trouble sleeping after a late night coffee, you might consider using decaf instead, unless you, you know, you're planning to stay up late and try to catch a Chuck Wills Widow. So grab whatever you've got to drink, whether it's this cocktail that we've made for this episode, coffee, wine, water, or something else for another interview with an amazing woman birder. I hope it inspires you. I hope it educates you. And I hope that it helps us work together to build an even better birding community that's supportive and accepting of all. And please enjoy this happy hour. So Kate, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Women Birders Happy Hour. Would you please tell us about yourself? Okay. Yeah. It's so nice to be here. I live in central Florida near Orlando and I am an artist. Um, also a Florida native, so I've always lived here and started uh, with art about, uh, well, it's in childhood and then with bird art about 10 years ago when I first started to get into birding. So it's all intertwined. <laughs> and my original big bird art project was to paint every bird on the Merritt Island National Wildlife Refuge list in a field guide style chart so that I could learn the birds, uh, like how to identify the birds better through painting. I did that just to help with my own birding as an artist because I could. And then it also became my career because people really liked the art that I was creating and wanted to buy it. And so now 10 years later, I'm a full-time artist painting birds, all kinds of nature stuff now, although birds are still my favorite. And, uh, doing lots of Florida art also since I am in Florida. So when you were painting those birds for Mare Island, is there anything like specific that you were um, like, I, like I've known some photographers that try to, you know, get the bird's eye um, in their pictures and that's like their focus. Is there something like you decided to focus on? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, the eyes are important also. That's how, photographers and artists make like a connection with what you're looking at right um but I also have my little personal touch that I do on lots of paintings which is a little swirl at the wing so that's like my little thing that's not real realistic but kind of works that I like to fit into birds when I can well that's really cool I have noticed that I have your yeah. um goals and turns that I bought for Eric a couple months ago and I, I oh, noticed yeah. that yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's not cool. realistic, but like it works. 
it's my thing. <laughs> so how did you get started birding in the first place? Oh yeah. So, um, I've always loved nature. I grew up in the woods. We had five acres and I was homeschooled. So I had a lot of time to play in the woods and also to work on my art. Um, but then I guess I got into birds when my boyfriend was going to film school and got a DSLR camera and I took it outside, started taking photos and realized I was seeing all these things because I never really went out with binoculars. Uh, so then I was like, oh my God, look at all this cool stuff. <laughs> and, uh, and someone suggested, uh, my, one of my dad's friends is a really, really amazing birder, like birds by ear, can tell everything ever immediately. Uh, in my opinion, very impressive. So he took me out and then, you know, I'm seeing even more stuff than I saw through the camera lens with the binoculars. And he, uh, gosh, he was like, oh, well, I don't know if he said like, we're hearing Northern Perulas or we'll see Northern Perulas, but I'm like, Northern Perula, like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> and then one came like pretty low on a palmetto and I was just like, oh my God, you know, it's so beautiful. It's so tiny, like didn't even know it existed. So, of course, I immediately went out uh, as soon as I could afford to and binoculars, which was pretty expensive at the time, like $200 binoculars. It's like yeah. a really big purchase, but totally worth it. Changed my life. <laughs> so, uh, I guess after that, you know, there was no looking back. I was a birder. <laughs> so, did someone um, inspire you to start painting or was that just like you picked up a brush and decided to paint all the birds of Merritt Island? Um, yeah, I had taken a painting class. I always did art and then I took a painting class. Don't exactly remember the year off the top of my head. I think it was 2003. Uh, I was painting fairies and like a lot of people, nature and other stuff before I got into birding. Uh, so painting I've been doing for a while. Okay. So what has been your most memorable bird or birding experience? Yeah, that's the hardest question because there's so many. And <laughs> I was thinking uh, like a lot of them have to be birds. And I feel worried because, you know, you got to respect the baby birds. I don't want to encourage anyone to bother baby birds. But while there's so many great memories with with birds nesting and the behavior and watching the parents, how they take care of it. Um, so like one of, one of my most memorable things was Chuck Will's widows in my grandparents' backyard nesting. My grandpa came upon the nest on accident because he was clearing brush. And as soon as he noticed that like a bird was dive bombing him, he left. <laughs> but they told us and I went out there and before even seeing the adult bird, I found the baby nest and they're like so camouflaged perfectly like leaves. I couldn't believe I was seeing them because they blended in so well. So I took some photos really quick, so I left and never went back. I never like tried to look for them again because I didn't want to bother them. I be <laughs> respectful. That was like a once in a lifetime thing, right? Because it's never going to happen again. Very sure. cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So in your experience, um, what has it been like to be a woman birder and a woman bird artist? Um, it's weird because 
other women are always telling me like it's not safe to go out. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. so I go out alone a lot, and I think I'm pretty safe. And I pick places where I feel safe, and like urban parks where there are gonna be other birders too. So, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't really feel like anything's gonna happen. But other women birders uh, are always like, "Don't go out alone." I've never had anything happen, so. Well, that's hopefully, good. Hopefully it stays that way. And <laughs> I don't know what's happened to them. Uh, and maybe I'll regret not taking their advice. But yeah, I just keep going and burning, especially this year because with COVID, like, you know, you're trying to social distance. So Yeah, sure. Um, so do you feel that it was easy for you to get involved in the birding community where you're at? I'm involved in the birding community where I'm at. <laughs> So, um, yeah, like that's probably another reason I go birding alone a lot is just because I don't know other birders that are my age uh, that would want to go out. And a lot of nature lovers, I hike, like I'll go hiking with people and, and a lot of people into plants, but not so many actual birders. Most of my birder friends are uh, from groups where I volunteer and that's, that's a great way why there are actually more women in the volunteer groups than men like um yeah so i volunteer at the orlando wetlands park and anybody in orlando that's a great place to volunteer and there's a lot of women we do gardening and uh, they're also the people that tell me it's not safe (laughs) to go out (laughs) alone but yeah i would definitely suggest volunteering to to meet some some cool women but but i have yet to meet people my age i think that's kind of a struggle for a lot of younger people (laughs) yeah like instagram is definitely like the go-to place to meet awesome people my age but then they don't necessarily live close by that's yeah i mean that's amazing because anytime you're traveling or feel like driving three hours different part of florida suggest everyone to post and is on instagram to meet people but yeah i'm not Sure, locally. Um, and what advice would you have for other women that are looking to start birding or maybe start in art? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In art. Okay. So, again, Instagram awesome place for, for artists. And and, ta- and talking to other artists, um, I've sometimes they're kind of strange uh, and not super open, but... I'm always happy to talk to people starting out and lend advice. So talk to me (laughs) and I meet a lot of other, like the the bird artists are nicer than the other artists. I would say (laughs) nice people. Um, Yeah. And just, you know, uh, I started nature journaling this year. Well, Well, not totally this year, but like really focusing on my nature journal this year. So that is a great thing to do. I think anyone of any skill level can do that in some style. Everybody has their own style for a nature journal, but you know whether you're going out there or like I like to be in the moment when I'm outside. So I usually kind of gather my <laughs> when I get home to do the journal. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, I would say that's a great way to just kind of be playful and you know hone your skills and feel like you can put anything in it so 
I've been having a lot of fun personally this year with that instead of being tied to like a big giant project, like painting every bird for a Merritt <laughs> Island. I've been checking out your nature journals and I, there, I, I don't know. You have such, you have such a good way of um, organizing everything. Like you have really good spacing. <laughs> oh yeah. All, all of the stuff on your, your pages that you post. And like, so when I first started birding, I started painting birds too, not to the, yeah the level that you do. Um, but you know, that was a great way for me to learn some of these species also, but, um, how, like, how would you suggest someone if they wanted to get into nature journaling? Like, are there good resources? Because I know like I've thought about it and then it's like, I have a blank page sitting in front of me and I have no idea where to begin. Yeah, there are, there are great resources. Uh, so I don't really use them. I'm kind of strange, well, because of homeschooling and actually that I was not even really homeschooled, I was unschooled, so kind of left to do whatever. And I didn't take any classes, really, um, except for the one watercolor class. It was like a six-week class. So anyway, I'm not used to learning <laughs> from like lessons and stuff, but I recently started watching nature journaling videos to see potentially how I could teach that I was looking to see what other people did because I don't even know how to teach I don't know what the class is even like um, great stuff out there I found out I just did the Skillshare uh, free trial and watched all the nature journaling videos on there and some of them were really great also someone who's already been doing it uh, but I think YouTube also like probably has the same kind of thing for free and then the there's one out of Australia, and I really like her bird art. That's cool. So she she mostly does like Australian birds then. Yeah, but they're really oh my god, she's so good. Paula Peters. Okay. Yeah, Paula Peters, paperbarkwriter.com. She's I love her, so I would suggest that. Um, and also ta um. I think it's Tiny House Big Woods. Uh, oh, I love her Oh, my stuff God. Too. Her nature journals are, are amazing. Well, that's awesome. So where can uh, people find mo out more about you and what you do? Uh, well, on Instagram, I'm the Little Nut Hatch. And uh, uh, I'm on Facebook, but not very good at posting there. More art. And then Kate Dollamore Art, uh, which my website is dot com okay well thank you so much for joining me and it's so fun to to hear about your art and i look i hope you do some like classes in the future because i'd love to take oh, gosh you know what? i have one more note also um sure <laughs> so i have to apologize for not painting more female birds yeah well you know there's more and more stuff coming out about female birds so hopefully i know Hopefully you can get a whole sheet of them. <laughs> I feel so terrible with all the male birds. So, yeah, I got to do more females. We all have to paint more female birds. Yeah, that's a good yes. point. <laughs> well, well, thank you so much, Kate. Thank you. So thank you, Kate, for joining me for this episode and working with me through some technical issues. Apparently that's a running theme at this point that I'm not too excited about, but I'm hoping Eric can get the internet in my area fixed. 
Um, you can find Kate's inquisitive and charismatic watercolors for sale on her website, through Etsy, and many other places, including a handful of physical nature centers, which if you check out her website, you can um, see a whole list of those that carry her products. And reading through the reviews on her various stores, you can see how much joy Kate's paintings bring people worldwide. I know that every time I see the one that I purchased of the goals and turns, it brings a smile to my face. Thank you all for listening to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and maybe learned something. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Music, and anywhere else you listen to me. If you'd like to connect with me on the socials, please feel free to follow me at Hannah Goes Birding on Instagram. My Twitter is at WomenBirdersHH, or you can email me at WomenBirders at gmail.com. I also have resources and information on GoBirdingPodcast.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I look forward to seeing you at the next happy hour.